Hey everyone, this is Melissa, and I'm the talkative introvert. So for today's episode, I am joined by Anne Hintz. She has a YouTube channel under um, the same name, Anne Hintz, where she shares her journey, explains the connection between the physical and the spiritual, and will be posting videos of how to change the pressing issues of our time. She also wrote A Pathway to Insight, which details her journey and breaks down the steps she took to attain what she calls insight or the ability to see within the body. So thanks so much for joining me today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I do ask all my guests so far this one question because I am, you know, the talkative introvert. So introvert is a big part of my personality and who I am. And so I wanted to know, are you an introvert, extrovert or ambivert? I'm definitely an introvert. I need time to myself. I I need to, uh, yeah, recharge. So absolutely an introvert. I can be talkative too when it's a subject that I like to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> which today's episode will be. But yeah, my husband is an extrovert, I would say. So we balance each out well. Yeah, we balance oh, each nice. other well. Yeah, I've actually, uh, I've, so I've asked this question to a lot of people so far. And a lot of people are introverts that, you know, do the podcasting stuff. So I thought that's interesting. But yeah, I totally understand the whole, you know, Try or needing alone time and all that. And yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so earlier in the bi- little bio that I, I had, you know, your, your YouTube channel and your book, it all talks about your journey and attaining what you call insight. So can you tell us about like, what is this journey that you went on and what is insight? Okay, sure. Yeah, it's quite a long journey. So we'll okay. <laughs> we'll pause in between and talk about it. But um, the journey started and I was just looking for inner peace because I felt so much turmoil on the inside. And I just I was desperate to find inner peace. So, you know, I had a lot of trauma in childhood, like many of us do, you know, it wasn't more than anyone else. But I was born with my right foot up against my right shin. So the first six weeks of my life, I had physical therapy. And I think that experience, you know, being born that way, I think it actually twisted my whole body. But I didn't really realize it. I did notice that I had scoliosis, like in my 20s. But I think I had had it all the way through when I look back at photos. But after that, after six weeks of physical therapy, I was handed over for adoption into a family that had just suffered a trauma because they had a two-year-old boy who had been adopted then they adopted another little girl and they raised her for six months. And then the birth mother changed her mind, which she could do up to six months in those days. I don't know if it's changed or not, but so they had to hand this little girl back and I was the replacement into the family for that loss. So my birth mother didn't change her mind, which they were probably very grateful for. And at six months, we started to travel around the world. So We went to Barbados first and then to Sierra Leone in West Africa. And while we were there, we had a house fire. So I woke up one morning and saw the flames coming in through the bedroom wall. So that was a a trauma that I held on to. And then we moved to Hong Kong after that. And while we were there, we were sent to boarding school in England, which is halfway across the world. And I was sent to my brother's boarding school, which happened to be a boys boarding school. So I was the only boarder, girl boarder at this boys boarding school for the first year. 
And I was actually there for two years. There were two more girls arrived the next year. And I was teased mercilessly for those two years that I was there. So more trauma. <laughs> and and then uh, my dad already had anger issues. So it, it was very difficult at home. And then in my teenage years, both my parents became alcoholics. So that was also very tricky. And then when I was 19, I woke up one morning and found my mother dead on the bathroom floor. So that was kind of like the big trauma. <laughs> and we're programmed in childhood as to how to deal with those kind of things. And my programming was just to suppress it all and just carry on with life. So that's what I did. I moved out to the States when I graduated at 21, became a software engineer, got married, had kids. <laughs> you know, I had digestive issues from my 20s and 30s. And, you know, I worked with external things to try and heal those. And things would work for a little while, but not for very long. Everything would always revert back to how it how it used to be. And it wasn't until I was in my late 30s and I had a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at my boys' school where they were very self-confident, self-assured, authority-type women, and they told me I'd done something wrong. And my mind just spun out of control. It just went over and over what they'd said and what I'd said and what could have been different and, you know, all of that. I couldn't sleep for days. And eventually I got to the place where I realized, first of all, that this isn't normal. Other people wouldn't react this intensely to something that really wasn't a big deal. And I realized it felt a little bit like how my dad, how I would react when my dad told me I'd done something wrong. So that was my little inkling that maybe there's something from childhood that's still affecting me to this day. So that was that was the start. That was like the eye-opening place. And it took me to my late 30s to actually get to that place. Yeah. I mean, I completely understand all these these different things that happen to you as a childhood that you carry on to your adulthood. Like it's still something I work with and I'm sure like a bunch of people work with and something you have to kind of work with almost your whole life. Right. And the first part is actually becoming aware of it, right? So it took me till my late thirties to become aware that my childhood was still affecting me because it was so pushed down. It was so suppressed that I just wasn't aware of it. So what happened was that in that time frame, sometime after that, I ended up going to a doctor's appointment. And I don't remember why I went there, but it was nothing to do with emotions. I, I know that much. But the doctor, he was a holistic physician, and he knew or he could tell that I was more stressed than I should be in that situation. Because I was a stay-at-home mother with two young boys, right? I know that can be very stressful, but he also knew me. He was also a parent at school, so he knew it shouldn't have been that bad. And he asked me on a scale of zero through 10 what my stress level was. And I said it was an eight. And then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize, oh, it was finding my mother dead on the bathroom floor when I was 19, which is now two decades earlier, because the tears were still just under the surface all those years later. So he happened to know this technique, which is called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. And it's also called tapping because we're tapping on certain places in our body as we're talking through something. And he worked with me or he tapped with me about my mother's death for about 15 minutes. And I walked away from that appointment being able to tell the story of her death in my mind without the tears there. And that was the first time that had ever happened. So I was amazed. I didn't even know that we stored those memories and those emotions physically on in our body. And I didn't know we could let them go like that. 
So I went home that day and I looked it up online. It was given away by the person who developed it, Gary Craig, for free. So anyone can go online and learn how to use it. And it's very simple to use and to learn. You can learn it in five to 10 minutes. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel that's a demonstration of it. So I learned everything I could about it, but I didn't necessarily trust that that event with the doctor, right, was really true. It it seemed too good to be true. So I wanted to try it out on something else. And at the time, I had a 17-year-old cat at home who's he was starting to fail. His kidneys were starting to fail. And we'd been told we needed to give him a daily saline shot, like an injection of saline. And I hated needles and hated injections. And the first time I gave him one, my hand was shaking so badly. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day because it was just too stressful. So I thought, well, I'm going to try out this technique. So I tapped. I tapped about every aspect of it, which is something you do with EFT. So I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting my cat. And I tapped about all the memories I've had from all the injections I'd had from moving around the world, right? I had a lot of injections. And the next day, when I gave him that shot, the needle just slid right in. So all that fear that I had been holding on the day before had totally disappeared. So that's when I realized two things. I realized first that EFT is deceptively powerful. Doesn't look like it's doing much. In fact, it looks a little weird, but it really is doing a lot. And that's when I realized that the freedom that I was looking for is on the other side of that fear. And that's where I wanted to be. And I was determined to get there. So that was when I started using it. I started using it every day. I started noticing when I was becoming emotional which in itself isn't the easiest thing to do, right? Because we get caught up in our emotions. So to be able to stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm starting to get frustrated or angry or whatever. To be able to do that is a step in itself, but it, it becomes easier as the days go by, as you become more aware of the emotions. And so each time I found myself emotional, I would I would tap about it, about what I was feeling and allowing that to be felt and to be okay that I was feeling the way I was feeling. And the emotion would just leave and I would come back to peace. And then I'd carry on with my day and just you know start catching myself each time. And as the weeks went by, I found myself becoming more peaceful. And I wanted more. I wanted it to go faster. Right? I could see changes happening and I wanted more of it. So I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from my childhood you know, everything that happened in childhood, all the crazy things that happened and as just a list. So it was several pages long. And I tapped through one of those events or beliefs or whatever it was for about an hour to an hour and a half each night I tapped on one of those. So over those weeks that I was doing this work, I found myself becoming less reactionary. My mind, which had been very busy and very critical and very judgmental, was becoming quiet and I, I had never experienced that before. It was totally new for me. And I didn't know that it was possible. So it just felt really good. And, and I knew it was worth carrying on with this journey. It seems very simplistic that it's just tapping, I guess. I, I did watch your video about it. And I was like, really? Is, is it just that? Like, is there more to it? Like, Because, you know, you think about all these different therapies and different practices people do. And it's very, it's very, um, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's very burdensome. Sometimes it's, it's a lot, but this seemed very simple and easy and like anyone can do it really. 
And it kind of reminds me of like the anger management, how people like have the rubber band on their arm or on their wrist and they, they pull on it when they're feeling really angry. So is it something as simple as that? Like, are you, cause you said you write a list of all your trauma. And so are you just thinking about that trauma, traumatic event and then you're tapping doing the tapping exercise? Right. So the words you're using would be to bring the emotions of that memory back into the body, right? So if I was working on my mother's death, I would I would remember what I was doing, remember the story, and I would tap. And now we're tapping on certain specific places. So the, they're the ends of meridian systems. So from that point of view, it's a little bit like acupressure or acupuncture. And it's the tapping. I think it's the physical aspect of tapping on those meridian systems that allows the stuck energy from the nervous system to release out of the body. Okay. Right. So it is very simple, but I think that's what it's doing. It's, it's allowing that stuck energy to release. So it's not quite the same as the rubber band, right? That's just kind of to remind you about something, but this is actually to release that stuck energy, which is, I believe now through having done so much of this over the years that I believe that emotions are simply energy that have been stuck in the body from childhood probably. And it just wants to find a way to release. And once it releases, then it's actually gone from the body. So the EFT allows it to release. That's amazing because sometimes I ask the question, you know, like, am I doing this because this is what I personally like myself want to do or am I doing this as a result of like childhood trauma? And so being able to release that. (laughs) Yeah. We are so programmed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think so much of our life is about programming. I mean, societal programming, programming from school, programming from parents. We just do things because that's all we've ever known, right? We learn how to brush our teeth, right? We we're told to pay taxes. So we do that, right? So much of it is programming. And this, you know, it starts releasing those easy things, right? The the traumas are that you know they're affecting you, right? Because the emotions are there. But you know, as you keep going through through it, you access deeper and deeper traumas and deeper and deeper programming. So that's what I found over the time. So to me, the EFT was like the first step. And what it's doing is it's opening up the subconscious mind. And as it's doing that, it expands our awareness. So to begin with, I wasn't very aware of anything, right? I wasn't very aware of my emotions during the day because I'd get caught up in them. And as I did more and more of this EFT work, I became more aware of my emotions during the day. And then there's a deeper level of awareness, actually there's several, but the next deeper level is becoming aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, right? You'll see someone maybe in the distance, right? And you can kind of tell if they're angry or if they're sad or depressed by how they're holding themselves, right? By, by the tension they're holding inside of their bodies. Well, we can become aware of that in ourselves too, Right. If we're feeling frustrated, where are we holding that? Right. For me, that frustration is tension in my stomach solar plexus area. So I became aware of those sensations and then I started to work on them because I'd been in a group at the time. We were studying a book called The Course in Miracles, which is a pretty difficult book to understand. (laughs) And the guy who was leading the group every week, he'd say, it's not about meditation. You don't have to meditate which was good because I didn't want to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. 
And I was in this group at the time that I started doing this EFT. So I was doing EFT out of the group. And when I started, I didn't know what my feelings were. But as the weeks went by, and he would say this every week, as the weeks went by, I became aware of what I believed my feelings were. Right? And that's what I call the physical sensations underneath the emotions. And then one day I thought, okay, I'm going to try and do what he says. He says it's all about feeling your feelings. So how do you do that? Well, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so I was standing doing the dishes at the kitchen sink. And it's like, okay, I, I caught a thought that had an emotion that was emotional. So, you know, it might be something like, okay, I'm afraid of making this phone call. So then I would think the thought and I would feel where that fear was. Fear for me is in the solar plexus. So I would feel that fear. And then how do you feel it, right? So I'd, I'd notice I could feel the fear as tension in my solar plexus. But as soon as I moved or as soon as I took a deep breath, I couldn't focus it on it anymore. It would It would disappear. So I realized what I had to do was hold myself like a statue and stop breathing. So I would find the fear and then I'd stop in my breath right there when I could feel that fear. And then I would talk to it because I'm trying to hold my focus on it, right? He said, feel your feelings. So I would feel them and I would talk to it. It's like, okay, I can feel this fear. I can feel you as tension in my solar plexus. I just want to feel you. I just want to allow you to be felt. I don't want to change you. I just want to feel you. And at some point, I'd need to take a deep breath. And then I'd take a deep breath. And then I'd think the same thought again. Okay, I'm afraid of making this phone call. And then I would feel it again. And I would notice that it would have subsided a little bit. So then I would do the same thing. I'd feel it again. Take a deep breath. Think the thought again. And then I'd notice it would have decreased. And I keep doing that with the same thought until that thought of, okay, I'm afraid of making that phone call has no more tension left inside of me. At that point, the, the, um, the, um, I can't think of the words that like, to me, it's the adhesions inside of me regarding that one thought has disappeared. And it's that thought is then free and the fear has gone, right? At that point, it becomes easy to make the phone call because the fear is no longer there. So I started working with this every day instead of doing the EFT. I didn't feel like I needed to use EFT as much. This felt deeper to me. So I would do this during the day. And then the, in the evenings, instead of working on my childhood or my traumas, because I'd done that already, I worked on collective traumas, things like 9-11, right? We all had our own experience of that event. Or we're in California, the Loma Prieta earthquake I was in, I would feel all those emotions and all those physical sensations underneath the emotions and just allow them to dissipate from my body. And it felt really good. You know, this is tension that's been stored inside for decades. It just felt good to keep doing it. So this kind of felt like the second step on my journey. I was I was thinking about, because um, you said feel your feelings and how it's related to a physical part of your body. And for me, like I kind of have really bad social anxiety and I, especially if it's like a new group of people or if it's something I don't like, if, if there's a lot of unknowns or just, or if there's just like a lot of people, it's going to be like parties and whatever. And I always feel that in my gut, 
Like I always, like when I get the social anxiety, I am, I always tell my husband, like, I think I'm going to throw up or I feel like I'm going to throw up. But I know I'm not going to, cause I never actually throw up, but I can just feel it right there in my gut. And so a lot of times I, um, I try to practice like breathing exercises to help me. So like I'm doing that in the car on my way there, like, like, you know, not talking, not doing anything, just closing my eyes and like, I'll have my hands on my stomach and just breathing um, until we get to there. And then, you know, it helps my anxiety go down. Right. So there's, there's two, right. We've gone through two steps now. So with EFT, right. You could be tapping in the car and talking through what it is, right? Because there's probably multiple aspects to it, right? So I'm afraid I'm afraid of being in a place where there's so many people, but there's also probably other fears, right? I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. I'm afraid someone's going to judge me, um, right? You could work out what all those fears are. You could write those down and then tap through each one until it was gone, right? Until that fear had dissipated, so that's using EFT. Now, since you're already aware of those physical sensations, right, that feeling in your stomach, you could just feel it, right? Feel the feelings. Breathing exercises can be good, right? From what I've understood from my journey is sometimes that's actually suppressing oh, okay. it, right? Because you're trying to get rid of it, right? I found that it's through acceptance, is when the shift happens, right? So accepting that yucky feeling in the stomach, right? Just feeling it. It's just stuck energy that wants to leave. So it could go two ways, right? It can either go back inside or it can leave the body. So I found that it was way more powerful to accept it and actually have it leave the body so that over time you become less anxious in those situations, right? Because it's it's kind of pushing up against the boundaries, feeling that discomfort, allowing the discomfort to leave so that that discomfort is not there next time. It feels different next time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I just kept going through these, all the things that would come up during the day. And during this time when I was laying on the sofa in the evenings, one time I noticed that I could put my awareness inside my body and I could keep it there after the tension had dissipated which was a really weird experience and it felt very different. I've had another friend do it too and she could agree, she agrees, it feels very different. And the only way I can kind of explain it is imagine you have a toothache or a stomach ache. You can pinpoint with your feeling, right? You can feel where that's coming from, where that pain's coming from. But once the pain is dissipated, you can't put your awareness back inside again because there's nothing calling your attention to it. I found that I could do that. So I found I could do it once. So then I tried it again and I could do it a second time. And, and then I thought, okay, well, what do I do now? <laughs> so I tried to move my awareness around inside and found that I could. And then I could find a place that had tension and a place that had no tension. So I would focus on the tension. I would hold my awareness on it, accept it, and it would shift a little bit. So I'd do it over and over again. So I'm doing the same thing now that I was doing with the feeling, the feelings and with the EFT, because with EFT, you're doing it over and over again, but you're using words. So now I'm inside, inside the physical body itself, and I'm doing the same thing at a deeper level. So I just kept doing this. I, I'd move around my body, find a place with tension, hold my awareness on it, accept it, and it would shift. So I just do it again and again. Now, eventually, and it took many, many months, but eventually I got my awareness inside my head. 
which was huge for me because there was so much pain and tension. The forces pulling my bones out of alignment were incredible. I'm never going to be able to explain how big those forces were. And I believe they had been there all along from when I was born with my foot up against my shin and my whole body was twisted. But I had lived 50 years at that point without having any awareness of the pain and tension in my head. So that blew me away. But at this point, I had a technique to use, right? So I would focus on it a little bit at a time to begin with. I could only focus inside my left cheek for like a second or two because the pain was so intense. But as I did it more and more, it would release more and more. And eventually it got to the place where I could actually feel my skull bones relax as I'd released enough tension that they would just feel like they relaxed in a different position. And it wasn't until I got my x-rays taken last year compared to 2013 and could see that the bones had shifted, right? My eye sockets had aligned. My jaw was way off to the side and it's now more centered. And my neck, which has always been very bent from scoliosis, is much straighter than it's ever been in my life. There's, there's more to go, but it's still way straighter than it has been. And I've grown half an inch at the age of 55 because of this deep release of inattention. That's crazy. So so you're when you're doing this practice, or I don't know what you want to call it, so you're you're literally just sitting on the couch and just being mindful of or I'm trying to, cause I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like how it's, it's a little different from guided meditation, right? Cause I've done guided meditation before where, you know, they tell you to close your eyes, be in a quiet place and you focus on like the different parts of your body and they, they guide you through like releasing tension. And so is it similar to that or is it like, how is it different? It is somewhat akin to that. Yes, it's, I mean, there's different types of meditation, right? And some of it just using the mind. I'm not using the mind. I'm using this, well, I might be using the sensing mind. I'm not using the thinking mind. I'm, I'm sensing, I'm feeling. So that type of meditation where you're going around your body and releasing tension or relaxing, that that is similar to this. But at this point, I'm actually going inside the body. And to begin with, I did have to do it sitting down or lying down with my eyes closed. Now I can multitask, right? I can do it when I'm walking. I can do it when I'm watching TV. Um, yeah, I can, I can do it pretty much any time, but, but it's right. That, that awareness, the ability to do it has just improved over time. So how did you figure out how to, to master that, I guess? (laughs) Well, that's an interesting question, but I mean, at each point it felt like it's just been the next, it's a very much a layer by layer process, right? We're just releasing one layer of emotion or tension, then the next layer shows up and you just work on that and the next layer and you work on that. So, you know, to begin with, with EFT, I was clearly going through my list, right? But then when I got to, to feeling the feelings, and, you know, I, I would still try and bring things to mind and release them like the those collective traumas. But then it got to the place that, okay, well, where's the next, where's the next tension, the next physical tension in my body? And I would focus on that and release that. Then I'd been show, be shown another one and I'd work on that. So it's just been a journey. And I think a lot of people don't realize how good it feels to go on this journey, right? Life changes, we're letting go of that burden that we've been carrying all those years, or at least I was. And 
And so it it feels lighter, right? You feel lighter. Life begins to be more fun and things change, right? Serendipities happen all the time and it's, it's a fun process, right? Releasing tension that has been stored in the body for so long, it's got to feel good, right? And it started to feel so good to do this work that I just wanted to continue. It seems very simple, but also... I can't imagine like being able to do that too <laughs> at the same time. That makes sense. You know. <laughs> but I didn't know either, right? I didn't know that this was possible. I didn't know it's possible to put your awareness inside your body. That's part of the reason I'm sharing my story. I want other people to know it's possible. But it takes starting, right? I couldn't do what I do now without having gone through those first steps, without doing all that work with EFT and releasing my childhood traumas. I don't believe it's possible to do it without releasing that. I mean, they're almost like emotional barriers around our body and you can't get deep inside until you've released those outer layers. That makes sense. So anyone, anyone could start, right? Anyone can start. And if they have the will to keep going, they can, they can get deep yeah, inside. That's always the problem is starting, right? <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> well, that's why I want people to know that it's actually a fun process, right? Yeah, you've got to go through those tears. I do believe that every tear that we never shed in childhood is still inside of us and will come out if we allow it. So we do have to go through that and let go of those big traumas, the ones we don't want to look at, right? Because they're just they're dis-ease that is stored inside of us. So we really don't want it to stay there. And it just takes looking at closely and accepting. And then it will shift. It will let go. So, yeah, you've got to do that. But then life just starts to become more fun and lighter. And there's so much more depth to life than I knew 10, 15 years ago, right? I didn't know how much depth to life there was. I didn't know I would be able to see how energy interplays with people, right? How things that are happening in the world, how how that's happening because of our childhood. And to see the energy interplay. I didn't know that I would be able to look at someone and see where they're holding themselves tight in their body, right? But because I can see that in myself now, I can see it in others, right? I didn't know when I started out that you can feel music deep throughout your body, right? Just, I mean, can you imagine what it's like to hear music with your ears versus feeling it throughout your body, it's a very different experience and it's so much more satisfying, right, to have this depth of knowledge than 10, 15, 20 years ago. So I want people to know that, that, you know, especially people who are depressed and think that this, you know, is this all there is to life? Well, no, there's actually a lot more and you can find it yourself. That's a really great thing to share because I think a lot of people, especially in certain cultures, you do hold on to a lot of your emotions or you're taught to suppress them or not, you know, share too much. And like that, my family didn't really talk about their emotions very much. And we didn't like, we didn't really talk to our parents about, you know, how we're feeling or what makes us sad or what makes us angry. You know, you just listen to your parents. That's what we've been taught. And so there is a lot of, you know, emotions and I'm, I don't like talking about it very much, <laughs> and, uh, but that's always like, that's what I hear all the time is that you have to go through that 
that hard part. But once that hard part is done, you know, then you get to live your real, you know, life, your full life. Right. And, and you don't have to share it with other people, right? All this work I did on my own, right? So I can do EFT on my own without talking to anyone about my emotions. All I have to be able to do is talk to myself about them, right? Talk to myself about something that happened and how I felt about it. So it, it can let that energy of the emotions go without sharing with anyone else. So anyone who's in a situation that doesn't feel safe talking to other people, you can still do this work yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's that would like help people to be encouraged to do it more because it is hard to talk about it and not everyone has access to a therapist or you know a counselor. And so if you're able to do it yourself, then I think that that's all the more reason to be, to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. You can do it for free. Yeah, you just have to be able to to go through those dark parts by yourself. There are some people who don't feel safe mm -hmm. doing that, right? They need to be able to do it with someone else there. And that's, you know, there are EFT therapists, uh, not EFP therapists, but EFP practitioners out there who, who can do this work with you. But if you don't have the money or the finances and you really want to do this work, you can do it on your own. For yeah, that's, that's great. And the other thing to know is that, you know, really life changes, right? So if you're stuck in a place where you're afraid to do, you're afraid to talk to people outside, the more you do this work, what you experience on the outside will change. So your situation may change, right? Or the people you are involved with may change, right? Because you have changed. We're very much a signal. And as we change ourselves, our experience of what happens around us changes. So for me, you know, I was, I was a parent of two young boys and I had been to that boarding school, right, with boys in the age range of nine to 13, and I was teased mercilessly. So I did not like boys of the age <laughs> nine through 13. And I had two boys that were getting older, right? They were coming to that time frame. And I needed to do this work before they got to that place because I didn't want to have to relive that. I didn't want to have to be scared of my boys, right? So had to do that work um, ahead of time. And I've totally forgotten where I started that with <laughs> from. What were we talking about? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, outside's changing. Right, right. So I, so I did this work. And then those memories of the boarding school never came up during those years with my boys. It all went, it all went fine. So yeah, it's absolutely worth doing. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's, I think that's a good source of my social anxiety because it is dependent on who and where and what. And if I am able to like release that and understand like where I'm getting that trauma from, then it would make going out and doing things so much easier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and it takes, so it takes looking at it, right. Looking at the reason why. And I think a lot of us like to, you know, it's so easy to blame other people. <laughs> Like we we all do it, right? Okay, it's that politician's fault or it's that group's fault or it's that person's fault. But when we look at it closely, what we want to look at is how what's happening outside of us is is affecting us, right? So what what are we feeling when we see that person or we hear what they've done? What does that do inside of us? What feeling does that create inside of us? Because that's where we can work, right? That's what we can work with, those feelings inside of us. So if that person 
triggers us somehow, we work on that trigger, right? If we keep working on that trigger so that we're no longer triggered, then when we see that person and they they do that same thing that used to trigger us, the whole energy of it is very different, right? We will no longer be triggered by it. We might see something else in that interaction. Or if it's a one-on-one situation, that person will feel totally odd (laughs) if we're no longer triggered and they will stop doing that or they will do it with someone else instead of doing it with us. So our power is in working out how we're feeling about anything and then accepting those feelings, allowing that energy to dissipate out of our body. And then that's when things change. Yeah, I think that'd be really helpful because there's, I'm sure everyone has experienced this or most people have experienced this where there's that particular person that triggers you, right? Like I, I went the moment you said that I knew exactly this particular person that when I see her, I'm instantly triggered. Like it, I'm instantly just angry, irritated. They don't even have to do anything. I just have to see them and I'm already getting that emotion, but you know, they, they probably aren't doing anything. They, they're just standing there and it's ruining my day or like ruining my, yeah, my day, my experience, even though they're literally not doing anything, I'm just triggered by that person. So if I'm able to control that or not control it, I don't know if that's the right word, control your emotions or release it. Yeah. Controlling it would be more suppressing it. Yeah. It would be releasing it. Right. So if you could stand in that same situation and not be triggered by her, Mm -hmm. right. Then your energy is stable and yeah, I don't know if she can disappear, but if she could disappear, she might disappear. (laughs) right? (laughs) Or you just wouldn't be triggered and you, your whole day would not be ruined, right? Things would be different. Exactly. Because I I wouldn't want my day to be ruined by, by just one singular person who currently isn't doing anything at the moment, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it might, it might well be, and it probably will be that she reminds you of, or that feeling that is created in you when you see her, reminds you of something from childhood like you probably had that feeling before so if you were doing EFT right you would work with how you feel around her and as you're tapping around her and that how you feel you might actually have a memory pop up of a similar thing where you felt the same from childhood and then you could tap on that and that's how it's stored in your body you we tend to replay the same feelings over and over and over again until we notice that, okay, I felt this way before. And, and we actually allow that energy to release. And that's why it's, it keeps replaying it because it's stuck inside. But once we release it, we don't have to replay it anymore because it's no longer inside of us. Yeah, makes sense. So we talked about the EFT and the tapping and feeling the feelings and then awareness and then was there another part of your journey? I can't remember. The, the third part was actually going oh, okay. inside and, and moving awareness around inside the body. Yeah, I don't really know anyone else who's, who, who's done that much. <laughs> so if, if someone gets to that place, please contact me because I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> but that's powerful, right? Because now I'm working, I'm releasing tension in, in my cheekbones and, and my neck and just really deep. I believe it's the subconscious programming from childhood that is releasing at this point. The EFT was an actual practice that you learn. And so the awareness thing, is that something you discovered yourself or is that also part of certain practice that people share? 
kind of like EFT. You mean the, the third step, like awareness inside the yeah. body? Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it before. I, I've, okay. I, I'm pretty sure Jesus was able to do it because I've been reading some of his esoteric stuff. And I, you know, from my perspective, when I'm reading it, I, I believe he was able to do it. But I've not actually heard of other people being able to do it at this point. So that's why, you know, I'd love to hear from someone if someone else is able to do it. Um, you know, my x-rays to me show the power of it. So, you know, if we can shift our bones, then we are so powerful and, you know, anyone else can do this too. But I do believe it takes doing that outer work, the, you know, that maybe the EFT that I'm sure there's other techniques that would do the same similar thing. EMDR is one I think that's similar, you know, and then, you know, going deeper, the awareness going deeper into the body is just something that I've grown to understand as the awareness, as the subconscious mind opens up, our awareness gets deeper and deeper into the body. So I wanted to go back to your comment about um, you read Jesus more esoteric materials. What do you mean by that? Like, Well, some of the some of the Gnostic gospels that were not in, not put in the Bible. So I'm reading them from my perspective, which is right, very different from my perspective 20 years ago. So I do believe that he's talking about going into the, into the skull actually. Um, and so, <laughs> so I know there's more to come, right? Because I can put my awareness inside my palate, inside my cheeks um, and as, and my, my tooth roots. So it's getting deeper and deeper into the body. So at some point, I imagine I will be able to get, you know, right into the center of the skull, right? And and some of the, the some of the, it says in one of the gospels, I don't remember which, because I'm new to this, um, that um, the deepest, the deepest you can go, right, is where you find God. So <laughs> we'll see what that means. That's interesting. I never, I didn't know there, there was stuff like there were stuff outside of the Bible that um, that's available because I've just I've I've grown up Christian and I went to like a private school for middle school and we learned different Bible verses but we stuck to the Saint James Bible which is I think it's like you know the m- most common one right so I didn't realize there are other um, I don't what are they called not story gospels, gospels. yeah outside yeah. of that yeah so that's <laughs> what got you into that yeah, there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my my story along that is uh it's it, it's like putting pieces of puzzles together you know I've, i got to the place where i realized that cathedrals and churches are three-dimensional skulls and i won't show exactly how i got to that place but um and and then every different aspect of a cathedral is is reflected in the skull so well then where is the altar Right. Okay. Where inside the skull is the altar, and I believe I know where it is. But you know, what does that mean? I don't know yet. Right. It's all. It's all kind of a work in progress. But I know I'm looking when I'm looking inside my body. I'm I'm looking from somewhere in the center of my skull because I can tell what's above it and in front and down below. So, uh, <laughs> and I believe I'm looking through the connective tissue. That's where this tension is held. And that's what's releasing, right? Because I can actually hear it release and feel it release. When I got inside my head, I could, 
I could hear it release and it, it sounded and it felt like old fabric ripping. And that's when it was a little scary. I didn't know if I was damaging myself. So I did research at that point and realized, okay, that's an adhesion in the connective tissue that is releasing because I'd released enough tension that it felt like it could fully release. So I think my awareness, which I believe is where my awareness is moving through the connective tissue. And I think that's where the soul resides. So I think this work is releasing the soul, freeing it up inside the body. And I think once it is free, it will be more happy. It'll be more content staying in the body for longer. So I do believe this work will extend life. You know, obviously time will tell on that kind of thing. Um, but I also believe not our ego manifests through those adhesions in the connective tissue. It distorts the signal that we're picking up from spirit. And as we release those adhesions, right, our ego releases and we tune into spirit more easily, which would explain why so many more serendipities happen, right? And, and just fun things and life becomes lighter and more fun. I believe it's part of the enlightenment process, right? There's, there's the lightning, right? Things feel lighter because we're releasing the baggage. So there's that aspect to enlightenment. But there's also, right, when I'm looking inside, I can tell what's dark. That tension that's stored inside the connective tissue is the darkness. And as I release that tension, it's light underneath, right? So we are light underneath. We just store this darkness, the shadow, traumas, whatever, that's the darkness. And all we have to do is find the darkness and release it. And underneath we're light. So would you consider yourself a very spiritual person? Because I know spiritual and religious is, is different. And so that light, are you, is that, do you believe that's like our spirit? I, I, <laughs> difficult to put into words, right? I'm, I mean, I'm not religious. I'm not religious. I'm looking at this from a spiritual point of view. I'm I'm almost looking at it from like an energetic point of view, a, a, a signal, an electrical point of view, right? I believe we're, we're signals. And, you know, I, I, tr I worked out this soul and the spirit aspect through trying to translate my experience into language that we have from religions and such. So I don't really know. I do think we're light beings underneath that we, we store darkness inside. So, you know, releasing all this darkness is going to allow us to be light. What exactly that means? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm, I kind of what you're saying, trying to put this into terms that we may know, like, you know, it could be a soul, but again, for me, like I'm not religious either, even though I did grow up like in a very strict um, Christian household and um, we, like the church I came from took the Bible very literally sometimes. And so I'm just used to those terminologies. And like, even for myself, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, is this because there's, I feel like there's two parts of us, you know, like we have our physical body that we need to take care of, you know, eat healthy, get sun, um, exercise, do those things. But then there's like the inner part of which, which I feel like is what people may, may cause their soul or their spirit. And for you, it's like, you know, the energy. And so I do kind of see those as two separate things. Right. And, and they are right. Because I can see from one place inside of me, 
to another place inside of me. So if I can do that, I cannot be my body. I have to be inhabiting my body, right? So I have no doubt that there is the body and then there is the the being, the soul, the part of spirit that is our soul inhabits the body, right? I believe it comes in possibly through the pineal gland, wherever it is I'm looking from, somewhere in my head, that I think is where our soul comes in maybe and and lives through the connective tissue right or that's where its freedom is but we get kind of we kind of stick it down with us these adhesions these traumas or whatever we have inside of us that kind of gets it stuck and that's how the ego manifests so 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 yeah I have that kind of almost like a physical understanding of what I believe we talk about with with soul and spirit yeah it's kind of like I'm trying to think of it visually. So when you were trying to explain it, I kind of pictured us being covered in mud, if that makes sense. Like the trauma and everything is just, it's mud and it's, it's, it's covering us and covering our body and also our, our inner part, whatever you like, whatever people want to call that. And so you doing the EFT and all these different practices and the awareness is kind of like, cleansing yourself in a way and like like as if our body is right. a, is a letting window. go of the mud yeah. off <laughs> yeah 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 i would say it's kind of a little bit more like chewing gum right than mud <laughs> it's a little bit more sticky <laughs> but yeah and as yeah so this this work is letting go of that stickiness it's dissolving the chewing gum so that it becomes easier right it become become looser we become more free one of the weird things along the way, and I don't even remember why I looked this up at the time, but the phrase stiff-necked, right, is is in the Bible like 17 times, right? So why would that be in the Bible 17 times? I don't know. But I know as I've gone through this process that my neck, almost when I release tension, almost anywhere in my body, it also releases in my neck, right? So it's much more flexible. My neck is much more flexible. I can see for many more different perspectives and viewpoints than I ever could before because I can see, right, my neck will move into different perspectives and viewpoints. So that's kind of interesting that that's in the Bible as well. It's like we don't want to be stiff-necked people, right? We want to be flexible-necked people. Yeah, I think that's one of a very common place to hold tension because I think – yeah, a lot of people I talk to who, when they hold tension, it's there, it's in their neck, and you feel stiff and it's uncomfortable. And then when you're uncomfortable, it impacts your emotions and how you are for the day and how you act for the day. And like I, I know instantly, like for, for example, like when I watch a scary movie, right? You're stressed out when the person's walking into the room and you feel it right there in your neck as the person is like, you know, trying to like escape or something. <laughs> Right. And the more we do that, right, the more tension, the more the connective tissue kind of almost, well, this chewing gum, right, it almost adheres, right? So as people get older, they tend to shrink, right? They get tighter and and tenser and they shrink more, right? So this work is releasing that, right? Allowing us to be more flexible. And that's why I believe that it kind of almost reduces the aging process because it just allows us to be looser and more flexible. So would you say that you are able to, to res- I don't know if resolve is the right word, but release 
tension from all your childhood trauma or is that something you have to practice like every day or frequently? And I would say a lot of it's gone, right? Once it's gone, it's gone. More aspects of things will come up, right? So my mother's death was a big trauma, right? There were lots of layers to it. So that first time with the doctor was the first layer. And I had to come back to it many times because, as I said, it opens up the subconscious mind. So what that means is like the first time, you know, I don't remember. It's a long time ago now. But, you know, I just walked through the the big trauma, the big emotions, right? But as I would go through that event again and again, more details of the story would arise with more subtle emotions. So I would work on those until eventually it just became a story, right? It's just something that happens and I can tell the whole story without any emotions there anymore. So that has left. I'm still searching for things that might be still inside of me, but it's a lot harder to find now, right? I'll actually watch the news and I will feel deep inside of myself, okay, where am I feeling that, right? There has to be some emotion in there if there's right a really traumatic story on the news so I will dig inside and find where it is and feel it and allow it to release just so that I can get deeper and deeper and deeper now that's not something most people will be able to do at this point right in fact I stopped watching the news for many years while I was working through my childhood stuff and then I got to the place where I was ready to look deeper and and then but you know it's we don't know what we don't know. I think I've heard you say that before, right? So I have no idea how much more there is to know because we're only shown the next layer at each point. So I don't know how much more there is yet to find. So you do think that, or do you believe that once you've released that emotion, um, it doesn't come back or can it? It doesn't come back the same way, right? right, it will have diminished somewhat. And next time, right, if the button, if it's someone pushing your button and you do the work and you tap about this button and how frustrating it is that this person does this thing and how you feel about it and you let that emotion go, the next time they do the same thing, you will be more aware of what's happening. Then you will tap again on what it feels like this time. And then the next time, it won't push your button the same way, right? Something will have, it will have diminished again, and then you do it again, and then at some point you will no longer be triggered. And at that point, it has gone at least in that situation, right? If it's something like being afraid of heights, right? You could work on that in um, you know going up a ski lift or something, right? You could you could let go of all that fear. But if next time you went to a you know fifty story building right? It might come back in a slightly different way. And then you'd have to work on it again. But eventually you'd get to the place where it no longer affected you. So if someone's practicing this, how do you know if you're releasing this emotion or if you're just suppressing it and no longer acknowledging it? Well, if you're tapping, I believe it's going to be releasing, right? But if you're, if you're like complaining about it to someone else, you're actually keeping it active in the body, right? So that is not necessarily a good thing because it's going to create it again. But if you actually wanted to release long-term permanent changes, then if you're tapping on it, it's going to make a difference. It's going to release it. Okay. And for me, you know, that experience with the cat, 
was a great experience to begin with because it allowed me to totally believe that this was making a difference, right? So if someone has something simple that they can work on and have the same right, experience happen so that they can believe it and really see that it's making a difference, I think that would really help. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out because sometimes your mind kind of plays tricks on you, you know? So it's sometimes you have to, you kind of have to understand like if you are making progress or if you just think you're making progress, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And sometimes the changes are subtle and you might think, oh gosh, that's a little bit different, right? That feels a little different how that happens. And then use that as your will power to go further, to do more. And because things just change. To me, it's been exponential, right? To begin with, you know, maybe the changes were not as fast, but as I've gone on, they become more and more rapid. So in your YouTube YouTube channel, I know you share how or you you show how like EFT is done and tapping and all that stuff. And so what else do you share on there? There's also a demonstration of the feeling your feelings. I, I talk through that more. And yeah, there's a, there's a video about each of my steps and some of the more weird things that happen along the way. Um, and I did one video about the Uvalde school shooting. I, I hope to do more of that type of video in the future. I haven't, I got a new computer, so I haven't actually done any videos recently. But um, But all the information is there so people can start this work themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I'll make sure to add your information in the show notes so people, if they're interested, can go there and, you know, see what this is about. Like, what is the tap? Because I know, like, um, because we can see each other and I see you doing the taps, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's, it's a specific way, right? It is. It's a specific set of points that we tap on. Yeah. 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 Also, one of the videos on there um, shows my x-rays, which are also on my website, anhints.com. So you can see how powerful this is. I mean, to me, the the x-rays changed everything because, you know, it's easy for me to say what happens. (laughs) But when someone can actually see physical changes um, that are just done using focused awareness, it would have really helped me, right, if I had seen that 20 years ago. It's like, okay, you can do this this is how powerful it is, then I would have been incentivized to start the work. And I know, so you have your YouTube channel, you have your book and your, I'll add your website, but do you, do you also work with people or do you consult with people or anything like that? I work with just a few people, but mostly I'm sharing my story. I want people to know. Um, I want people to know that this is possible. So yeah. Okay. And so the people that you work with, like, have they seen a lot of progress and a lot of changes in their own bodies and their own mental health? Yes, yes, for sure. And as I said, I've had one person who's been able to put their awareness inside their body. So that that's been fun. Yeah, but I haven't actually had anyone who has been as determined and dedicated as I was, right, who actually wrote down all their childhood traumas and worked through one each night and, um, you know, really, really wanted the changes. So. I I would love to find some people like that who really, really want to do this work. I think it's just, at least I'll speak for myself, but it just seems like something that's very difficult to do to like, you know, really reach in, especially 
the type of childhood you live, you know, everyone's lived different lives. And if it's very traumatic and you went through all kinds of traumatic uh, events, sometimes your brain blocks those memories too, you know? So having to reach in and figure that out and relive it again. Yeah. And that's the ego. Yeah. And that's why it really helped me once I got to the place that I understood that emotions are simply energy that's stuck in the body, right? You don't have to get attached to it. It's just energy. And that helped me so much when I would get to those dark places. Okay, it's just energy. It's stuck in my body. I just have to find a way to allow it to release. Right? To me, that that really helped me get through that phase to the next to the next point. Yeah, it's like a it's a temporary discomfort, if you will. Yes, right. Yes, it's just energy that's that's come up for me to look at and to release. It, it wants to release. Right? That's why it's coming up. It wants to release. So let me let me provide a way for it to do that. And either feeling it, right, feeling the feelings, just just allowing them to be felt, or doing the tapping, just uh, it allows it to release from the body. Well, I'm glad you're sharing this story because I I don't think people realize how there are free and simple ways to go about, you know, um, identifying and dealing with their childhood trauma because, uh, yeah, it's hard. I'm not saying like this is going to be super simple for everybody, but it's a, a simple method of doing it without having to go through, you know, hundreds of dollars of therapy and all that. And it's something you could do for yourself. And you're right. The body will hide a lot of it from you. And that's why knowing that you're only working on the level that you can see, right? You can only work with what you've got. And as you work with it, more will open up. And that's the subconscious opening up. It is stored inside. It's all in there. And we can only work with what we're shown right now and and then work on the next layer and then the next layer. All right. Well, I know we're at an hour, but I wanted to make sure that you had enough uh, time to share all the things you wanted to share with people. So are there any other things that you want to share with the audience that you want them to know? Okay, let's just mention current day situations because we, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but but I believe that this work can change the world. I think I believe it can change our divisions, right? We're so divided. So we all have emotions or feelings about whatever division is happening, right? We might we might, you know, really believe our side of something and really dislike those other people who are thinking that thing that we totally disagree with. Right. And that is tension inside of us. Right. We're judging those other people. And so we can work with that. Right. We can tap on how we feel about the other side of the division and we can bring ourselves back to peace. Right. And when we can bring ourselves back to peace, we're attracting peace into our future. So if we all did this work, we would all come to peace. We would be able to understand the other person because we would be able to see from their shoes, from their perspective and we could all come to peace, right? So, so that's that part of taking responsibility for whatever's happening by working out what we're feeling or how we're feeling about it and working with those feelings. Yeah, I think that's so important, especially, I mean, I don't know how it's like in other countries, but here in America, <laughs> it's very divided and very, there's always tension. Like I, I do not talk about politics around certain people. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but it'd be nice to have that open dialogue because people are stuck in what they think is right. But you know, 
and they they may think the other person is wrong or they're bad people, but that's not necessarily true. And so if we can, you know, release that tension and just be more accepting of others and truly try to understand each other, then I don't see why we can't live in harmony. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and your journey and teaching us about EFT and tapping and awareness. And um, it's something I will, I will attempt. (laughs) No promises. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Well, thank you for allowing me to share. That was a great conversation. Yeah, of course. Thanks for making it to the end. If you enjoy what you hear and want to stay up to date on the show, please follow me on Facebook and or on Instagram. You can also check out my website at thetalkativeintrovertpodcast.com. All the information will be on there as well as in the show notes. If you want to help support the show, please review and rate the podcast and share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.